0: We're in a series called In God We Trust. You know, that's not a real cool Christmas title, but I truly felt like the Lord told me this year that going out of this year, this year is a year that many of us had no choice but to have to trust the Lord. The thing about it is when when we leave trusting the Lord as our last resort or we get to a place where we only do it when we have no choice, we miss out on everything else that God is wanting to do in your life. And so instead of making trusting the Lord just a backup plan. We make it a conscious decision. What God's going to do in the next year is going to blow your mind. And so going through Christmas this year, that's what I'm, I'm to preach on how we can trust him. Because truth be told, if any of us look back in our lives through any of the days that we've been through this year or even your whole life. You can look back and see if it had not been for God, that should be proof enough that you can trust him because of his reputation. But the truth is this, a lot of times we don't consciously make it the most important decision I make every day. And if that's serious of an issue, if I will start my day off every day making the conscious choice, God, I'm going to trust you. Today, before my day even gets started, as I go forward in my day, when it is a good day, man, it's amazing. And if I make the decision on the beginning of the day, even on the bad days, still an amazing decision because God can be trusted. The truth is we have to choose whether we're going to do it or not, because it's not natural. It's not natural for people to trust the Lord. It's not natural for you to trust, period. Period. Because most of your life, you've been, your trust has been broken. We've had our hearts broken. We've had circumstances. You know, we've been let down. Situations didn't go our way or what we thought they should or would. And people closest to us, even in the midst of our lives, that you would think you should be able to trust, have failed us in ways. And so it's not natural for us to live a life of trust. But I'm here to tell you, you can supernaturally make the choice to trust the Lord. And it changes everything, because the Bible says this in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. For I know the thoughts that I have for you. One translation says, NIV says, I know the plans that I have for you. You know, as a builder, yeah, I just, we just put hardy board on our house. I'd never installed hardy board on my house before, so before I spent the thousands of dollars buying hardy board for our house, I got online and went to the manufacturer that makes hardy board and read the instruction on how to install Hardy Board. And when I realized that when they designed Hardy Board, they designed it to be installed a certain way, and if I followed that way, then the end result was, I've got a beautiful house. If you get on Facebook and look now, my wife's been posting pictures. Right now, she feels she's married to the greatest husband in the world because we have a beautiful house. I wish I had could say it's was causing me. No, I followed the instructions of the man that made Hardy Board and did it the way he told me to do it. And it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. It increased the value of our home. Same thing being said about your life. The Bible says, I know the plans that I have for you. said, the Lord, he designed you. He made you. And He made plans for you that are good. They're not evil. They're plans to give you a future. They're plans to give you a hope. And there were some things about that installing of that hardy board that I didn't really understand, like this Z-trim that you put above your windows. It made no sense to me why I put it there because the windows are built with their own water trimming system and those kind of things. But when you got it all together, it completely made sense. Same thing works with God's plans for your life. The problem is, a lot of times, we get in our minds... That we know better. Or we know how. Or we get desires. Of what it is that we actually want. And so. The Lord told me this year. That if I could. I don't have a faith issue. Because anything the word of God says. I believe. The problem is though. The Lord began to tell me personally. You don't have faith issues. You have trust issues. And in the middle of my issues. My trust may begin to weaken or my trust may begin to. And it affects the outcome of God's plan in my life. And then coming out of what the Lord did with me over the last several months with my daughter, you know, with Isla, you know, she had the surgery. And stuff. I can see there's only the hand of God could have done what he did. But now I've got to be honest with you, we've gotten through it all. But her walk is still not what I thought it should be at this point. And she, she still limps very bad. She still waddles very bad. And when I look at her, it breaks my heart. Because I'm like, that's my baby. And I thought after all that she's been through, all that pain, all those surgeries, all that month, that the problems would be fixed. But I'm here to tell you, I'm three months after the last surgery. And her walk is still not where I think it should be. And so when I look at her, I'm like, God, did you let me down? God, did you fail me? What, why, what is this? But the truth is, if I will keep continuing to trust God. I've watched it over the last year Every day, her walk gets a little stronger. Every day, she's walking a little farther. And I'm here to tell you, the Lord has taught me to trust him even when things don't look like what I think they should. And I'm here to tell you that if you'll go out of this year consciously making the choice to trust God, even when they don't look right, don't look what you expected, isn't the way you thought it should be. God has the ability and the permission at that moment to do things through you and for you and in you. And for those around you that you can't imagine, let me read you some scriptures, and we'll get into the Christmas. So Cre this doesn't sound like Christmas, I know. But let me read you some scriptures. In Jeremiah 177, it says this: "Blessed is the man who trusts the Lord. Man that's my desire. I want to be blessed. I want to be blessed, but it doesn't say blessed is the man who serves the Lord, although there are scriptures that say that it doesn't say blessed is the man who reads the Bible, but it does say that Psalms one. But so I can do everything else, but still in my trust walk, not be fully entrusted to God and miss out on the blessings that he has for me. His plan for your life will take complete and uttermost trust. You're going to have to trust Him. Also, the Bible says this. Commit your ways to the Lord. Trust in Him. It says, and He will act. Psalms 37.5 If you, you're saying, God, I need you to do this. I need you. I need you. Begin to trust the Lord. It says, trusting in Him. And committing your ways to the Lord. Releases Him to have the ability to begin to act on your behalf. To work your situation out. To begin to change things around you. Trust is the single most important decision. You're going to walk into 2021 with this year. And I felt like with all of them. Are the Lord told me. And over my situation. and For our church. If we will make sure. That trust is one of the. Most important things we do. Every day going into the end of this year. Going into next. We would see him act. And move in ways next year. That far exceed any of our expectations. Amen. What does trust look like? If I needed to draw a picture of it. What does trust look like? If I needed to describe it the best. Because a lot of times that's one of those words. That's hard to describe Another way to say it. If you look into the scripture. To find out what trust looks like. Is commit. That scripture there. It says. Commit your ways to the Lord. Trust in him. It says he will act. If I had to. Title today's message, other than in God we trust, I will call it keep your commitment. It means everything. You cannot trust without commitment. You cannot trust without being committed. People can't trust you without commitment. I want to jump into the Christmas story and hopefully I'll make this make sense to you today. In Matthew 1 verse 18, we're going to pick up the story. Last week, we talked about how Mary had done everything right, lived the best she could, and God showed up and blessed her. And then the blessing didn't look like a blessing. And she had to go through nine months of what you would think is no blessing, but it really turned out to be the greatest blessing that God could have ever given her. What do you do when the package you get doesn't look like what you asked for? And so that's what we were last year. When you're doing everything right... Can you still trust God even though your circumstances doesn't look like he's being trusted? You can. You can. Today I want to pick up on the story of Joseph, though. Because his story is a little different. Mary was one in the story that the Bible says the angel of the Lord showed up before she got pregnant, told her what she was going to do, what he was going to do, and she had to choose that... When everything around her was falling apart, looked like her life was going in the toilet, she had to trust what God had told her before it all started. And when she continued to hold that trust, it eventually went from her being an outcast, despised teenager that was judged for circumstance situation. She became, honestly, to our day, one of the most worshipped deities on the planet out of a trust that she walked through when situations around her were not what she thought they should be. Joseph's story is a little different because God didn't show up to him before things started going wrong. As a matter of fact, let's read it. It says, This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant. That's that's a tough statement right there. It says she was found to be pregnant. It um, doesn't say that the Lord told everybody she was going to get pregnant, that everybody knew she was going to get pregnant. She got caught being pregnant. That's tough.
1: You know, I talked about it earlier. There's a difference. My parents
0: raised me this way. Cricket, we know you're young. We know you're going to make mistakes. But if you make mistakes, you'll come to us and you'll let us know what's going on and let us know what you did. We're going to work with you and we'll walk through this thing together. But if we catch you, there's something totally different here. Right? And that's why I'm trying to teach my girls too. Girls, man, things are going to happen. We understand. You're going to get in trouble at school. You're going to make bad choices, but we don't condone them. But if you'll come to us, man, we will work through this. So there may not, we're not saying there's not going to be consequences, but, we're going to, we're going to, but if I catch you, there's going to be punishment. I mean, there ain't even a question. So here we find this story. It wasn't that you know, that it, was, it didn't happen before with Mary. It was before. Because, see, the angel of the Lord came to her and said, this is going to happen. And she said, how can it happen? And the angel of the Lord said, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. And so she knew what was going to take place. Joseph got caught off guard. Here he was, planning his life out, planning to get married to this beautiful girl. And all of a sudden, she got, it, it got found that she's pregnant. Really what that saying is this she got found being unfaithful. And even though the scripture here says this, because this is telling the story, and it's giving us the afterthought of it, it, says she was found to be pregnant, and then it says through the Holy Spirit. Joseph did not know it was the Holy Spirit. reason why I know Joseph did not know it was the Holy Spirit is because it says, because Joseph, her husband, was, a faithful to, was faithful to the law, and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. There would be no public disgrace in him exposing that she was pregnant by the Holy Spirit. But there was public disgrace and judgment by her being found pregnant before marriage in the Jewish according to the law. It says he was a man by the law, is what I just said there. So he was a man by the law. So in Jewish law, this is what it said. In Jewish law, if a young lady was adult, uh, committed adultery or was unfaithful before marriage, she could be taken out and stoned. Now, it didn't, wasn't that way every time, but it could be the law that was taking it to the far extreme. And so the Bible says that Joseph was a good man and that he was faithful to the law. Yet he did not want to expose her to the public disgrace. So he had in his mind to divorce her, divorce her quietly. You know, he had already worked out. That man. he loved this girl. I can't imagine the emotion or turmoil this guy was in. You know, he had his whole life planned out. He had his whole circle. You know, he's fixing to marry this girl. And they were going to have this life. And the white picket fence. And the house. And the kids on the hill. And all all the things he had going on. And all of a sudden, boom. He finds out she cheated on him. And the heartache. And the heartbreak. And the anger. And the bitterness. And all these emotions that he was feeling. You You ever been stabbed in the back by somebody you were supposed to be able to trust? that you wanted to trust so much that when it did, when they did break trust with you, it felt like somebody had ripped your heart out of your chest and just left you laying there? It's, I, I read this story and it said, you know, but he was still a good guy. I can see why God chose him. I see why Mary chose him. It was because he was a good guy. He, Even though he was completely broken and shattered, he still wanted to do what was right. But... What I've learned is this. Two wrongs never make a right. And somebody can wrong me. And my response to the wrong can determine whether or not it's been made right or not. Two wrongs don't make a right. If you do me wrong and I react wrong, it's wrong. But if you do me wrong and I react right, then we have a right. Because two wrongs don't make a right, but if only one of us do, then it's still right. And I I see that this was a good guy, but because he was trying to, it says, he was trying to figure it out in his own head. It says in his own mind, he had in his mind to divorce her quietly. He was trying to do the right thing, but i got to be honest with you, me and you are never going to be able to figure out what the right thing is in this life without putting our trust in the Lord. That's why Psalms... 3, 5, and 6 says this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Then it says this. Lean not to your own understanding. What that tells me is this. There are going to be some times that I'm going to try to figure it out, what I ought to do, how to do, should do with my thinking. But if I'm trusting God, I don't get the right to make those choices. And the proof that I trust the Lord with all my heart is that I don't take the right to decide how things are going to be. I have to understand that trust is maybe doing what the Lord says do, even though I don't understand why I'm doing it. And he said this, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because... What is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give you birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him to do and took Mary home as his wife. And he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. I love that part. Mary didn't name him Jesus. What Mary. Isn't that cool? He was so involved, he put the name. I know I don't make sense yet, but hopefully I will. When I read this story, it's an amazing story to read because Mary had an angel appear before her. It's hard for me sometimes to connect with that because I've never had an angel of the Lord appear before me and say, Oh, cricket, I need you to do this, or Oh, cricket, I need you to do that. And so, what a lot of times in my life is I find myself in a wrestle, a personal unsuredness, an area of doubt of am I really hearing from God in an area or did I miss it? How many of you guys have ever felt that way before? Major decisions, and you would feel like you completely heard from God, you act on it, but you get right down the road and you feel like that you made a wrong decision. You had missed God. I've seen it happen a hundred times. I've been that way in my life a hundred times. I would be praying, praying, praying for a job. I'd feel like God would tell me I got this job. I go get that job. I'm so excited. Three months later, my boss is getting on my last case, just making my job miserable, thinking I just missed God. God, obviously I missed him when he said, take this job because this job was not from God. This job was from the devil. But I'm here to tell you this. Just because there's a devil in your wilderness doesn't mean God didn't lead you there. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that the Lord led Jesus into the wilderness. Spirit led him into the wilderness and there was a devil in it. So when we try to put our circumstances on our comfort and our convenience, what we determine is maybe we didn't hear from God. So I want to address real quick, how do you know when you're... Because see, Mary had an angel appear. Joseph was a little shady, okay? Because it didn't show up in the daytime. As a matter of fact, it didn't even show up when he was conscious. The word of the Lord did not come until he was asleep in a dream. Isn't that wild? You know, have you ever felt like you completely heard from God and you get right down the road and all of a sudden you're questioning, was that God or did I miss God? I've pastored long enough now that I've walked with lots of families and it's amazing how many, how many couples will come in and be like, man, I'm so excited. We know, I, I just met this person last week and God wants us to get married. And I'm like, okay. And they say, no, we heard God say, we're supposed to get married. And then they get married and three months later they're saying, I don't know why in the world the devil told me that I was supposed to marry this person because or this is not the person that I married. They're totally... And they're trying to now convince themselves that it wasn't God that told them to do it in the first place. i got to be honest with you. I, I believe in taking long periods of time before marriage, but I didn't do that. I got married. I met Jennifer. Three, three months later, I was engaged. And three months later, I was married. But that was what God was clear and directing us. I'm not telling... I don't know how God's speaking in your life. But I know this. If God has told you something and you acted, God didn't change his mind just because you got uncomfortable. God didn't give you that job for your comfort. If you've got that job and the job you knew was from God when you started it, God didn't change his mind when he got tough. God didn't plant you in that church. For you to come to that church and then maybe something at that church doesn't feel right or doesn't sound right didn't, and and. God changed his mind about you being in that church. Now, error is error. But a lot of times we allow our comfort to make the decision of our trust. This is what happened. Joseph was planning to get married to this young lady. And right before when they got betrothed, and she had an experience with the Lord... Then she got pregnant and then she went and lived with her aunt for four months. I don't know how Joseph found out. I don't know if they um, sent a letter. I don't know if Joseph went and visited while Mary was at Elizabeth's house. The Bible's not clear on how Joseph found out she was pregnant. But the Bible says they found out. And I don't know if it was at the end of the four months she came home and she was pregnant. I don't know how it was found out, but he found out. He wasn't revealed. It wasn't told to him by God. It was, he just found out. So he was devastated with this announcement that this girl has cheated on me. She's destroyed my future. She's destroyed my plans. She destroyed everything I was going toward. She has messed up the will of God for my life. But then he went to sleep and had a dream. And in that dream, I've got to be honest with you, I, that, that's, that would be hard for me to wake up with, even though I, if God chose to visit or speak to me in a dream and I was still facing all that heartache and broken, and, uh, I would be questioning, was that God? Was that God God? You're going to need to send me another angel. You're going to have to let me see one during the day. I'm going to need some confirmation in this. I'm going to need you to send somebody down here to tell me the exact same thing. I'm going to need, because um, that's a shady way to hear it. I mean, in all honesty, it left some doubt was this God. But the Bible says he didn't take his doubt. It says because he jumped up when he woke up and he went straight away and did it. This was a man of trust. And so it's making me look at how how was he able to trust God even when circumstances could have had some holes in it. You ever been there? You ever had God... Hey, God, tell you something, do something, and there would be holes in it. And you're like, God, I need you to fill in some of these holes. I need you to do it in a way that I need you. I need you to appear in the sky. Because well, God does that. God speaks in several ways. You know, one, the Bible says um, in Psalms... One it says that God speaks to His Word. The Word of God is Bible. So if God's going to speak to me, I, it'd be easier for me just say it in the Word so that I don't have to get it in a dream and I don't doubt it because there's the Bible. But then, of course, we do anyway. Well, that Scripture really doesn't talk, isn't talking to me. You know, it's telling me to do this, but that's not me. So you can even doubt what the Word says if you allow the enemy to let you doubt. The number one way the enemy will fight you it's the way he's been fighting in the very beginning. Is in Genesis, God walked with Adam and Eve every day, told them exactly how to live, exactly where to go, told them exactly what tree not to touch, and then the devil shows up and says, "Did God really say?" God's never questioned himself. God has never had to come to you and say, "Did I really tell you to do that?" Any time you have made a move toward what God is telling you to do, it's been the enemy trying to get you to doubt it. He'll even get you to doubt the Word. Well, maybe the Word's not relevant for this generation. You know, maybe the generations before us had to do it that way, but, you know, the Bible says this, and it's really not for me you doubt that the Word is God speaking to you. Another way God speaks is in an inner voice or consciousness. Man, I've got to be honest with you. I've been doing this long enough. I've been around long enough. I've made enough mistakes and missed God enough times. I've learned this. Most people that are saved and are filled with the Holy Spirit have a strong enough conscience to know when they're right or wrong. They don't have to wait to go to a church and hear a message preached on sin to know that what's going on in their life is wrong. The Holy Spirit constantly convicting, moving, pulling, tugging. I've learned it. And so, you know, but then what happens is our, when our desires want to keep a hold of what God is speaking to us, we'll fight and wrestle. You know, maybe that could be wrong for everybody else, but not, you know, I can handle it. or It's okay. You know, it really didn't mean that. So, I'll, so you'll wrestle with that. I'm just trying to say it's, it's amazing how the devil, it doesn't even have to happen at night. In a dream. Although God does speak in dreams. Acts 10.10 10 says he does. With an audible voice. See, that's the way God wished God would speak to me. An audible voice. But let me tell you, even if God spoke to you in an audible way, he would, the devil would still come and try to bring doubt and get you to move on it. Because the Bible says when Jesus was baptized, he went under the water. When he came out audibly, everyone heard the Lord say, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. next chapter says this. The devil said, if you really are the son of God. Next, it says that God speaks with prophecy in Acts 7 and 27. And there's a, he, the Bible says that He can speak through circumstances and fleeces, which is a very dangerous way to do it. If I flip the coin, if it lands on heads, God wants me to marry her. If we don't, that's crazy. But God can do that. All right? God can speak through circumstances. Luke fifteen fifteen. All right? God speaks with signs, miracles, and wonders. Acts 8, 6. Another thing, though, the Bible says this. That when Moses went to the Pharaoh and he showed the miracles, the sorcerers there also did miracles. What I'm saying to this is if you have to have God speak to you in a certain way before you can trust him, you're never going to be able to fully trust God because God speaks in a lot of ways. But the truth of the matter is it's not about you being able to because I, I, I got to be honest, I tell Jennifer I love her all the time. But if my actions don't line up with my words, she do not trust that I love her. And so here, Joseph was not able to have trust because of what the angel told him in the dream. Here, I believe Joseph was able to have trust because Joseph had a lifestyle and a lifetime of knowing who God was. See, the Bible says that he was a man of the law. You don't just learn the law overnight. He'd given his life to it. He given his life to knowing and understanding and knowing who God is. I said it last week. Trust is not knowing what the Bible says. Faith is you having a relationship with the one that said it. Because you can walk up to me and say, I love you, and there's nothing in the world I wouldn't do for you. And I don't know you the way I know Jennifer, so i got to be honest with you, I don't believe it. Because if I asked you, give me all your money, would you? (laughs) That's just the truth, All right? See, Jennifer, if, uh, when she tells me, I love you, there's nothing I will to do for you, I know she's telling the truth because i got a joint bank account with her. I can go empty it out tomorrow. I have access. See, there's a difference in words and relationship. And you're never going to have trust with someone that you just know words with. You must have a relationship with. And what, take, what it may, takes to have a relationship is commitment. You will never have a relationship with someone that you don't have a certain level of commitment with. What I mean by that is this. How did Joseph be able to, when he was facing probably the one of the most big I don't know if you've ever been through heartbreak like that, but I have. When someone that is so close to you and they betray you in a way that it just knocks the wind out of you and you can't see even see. It's like the the it's like sky loses color. Or it's like, you know, everything in life hurts. Here we find Joseph there. But what's crazy about it, I find, what I find in his story is this. I've been in moments in my own life in this situation where you're so heartbroken by what's happened in and around. David, the Bible says, my father and my mother had abandoned me, but you, O oh Lord, do I put my trust. There, there, we've been broken, hurt by per- people and circumstances, but what's amazing in this story is why I know Joseph was a man of trust because he was able to go to sleep. You know you have trust issues. When you can't sleep. I want to be honest with you. When, you. when I get in money situations, I got to be honest with you. When I got more bills than I have or more month than I have money, it, I'll be laying in bed twiddling my thumb trying to figure out. I don't, you know, trying to say, all right, what can I do? I'm sitting here worrying. Any area of your life that's causing you worry is a sign that you have a trust issue in it. And so what's amazing in this story is the biggest heartache that a young man can go through. The biggest backstab that a man can go through. He went through it, but yet was able to go to bed at night. What's keeping you up at night? Is it what your kids are living? Is it what your finances look like? Is it what's going on in your physical body? Is it what's going on in your marriage? Is it what's going on in the the, um, society? Is it what's going on in our city, in our nation? What's keeping you up at night? Because if you aren't able to rest, then that's a sign, that's an area that you don't trust God with all your heart. Because what that means is I trust God with all my heart means this. Anything in my heart that carries feelings or worry, that's an area that I need to move into and be able to trust God. Because if I can't move into trust in that area, then I'm keeping God from being able to act in that area. Does this make sense? Joseph here was... He was battling. Trust. So, why was he able to sleep when this was going on? Because his relationship with the Lord didn't start when his world fell apart. He did not run to God to get an answer when everything started caving in around him. If that's the relationship and trust factor you have with the Lord, you're going to constantly find yourself. Always in a place of uneval, unheaval, Always in a place of needing God to do something for you. The whole time, God is saying, "If you'll just learn to trust in me, I will do something for you." It says, "They that trust in the Lord release God to act." Here, the Bible says this. It says that Joseph, when he was laying there, an angel of the Lord appeared before him, and this is what the angel said: he "said that it's okay for you to marry her. Don't be afraid." Don't be afraid. Don't worry about, is she going to be faithful to you in the future? Don't worry. Is this, because in circumstances, situations, she's always going to be this way. Once a cheater, always a cheater, is what the devil will tell me. You know what I'm mean? saying? I can't change. She can't change. He can't change my wife. She can't change my you know, we're, we're thinking, all oh, right, uh, this situation's this, so I just need to remove myself from it. Let me read a scripture to you real quick. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, this puts this whole message into... Frank. It says for this reason I also suffered these things. Now any scripture that starts off with suffering is not a scripture written during good times. Okay? It says for this reason I also suffered these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know in whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able. Paul saying, I have no problem worrying that God is able iPad playing a song. I know, who's uh, I know he is able. Man, I know. It's amazing because you can have faith in so many areas. You can know that God can supply your needs. You can know that God can heal disease. You can know that God can change a mate. You can know that God can provide a new home. You can know that God can save your kids. You can he says, I know in whom I am persuaded that he is able. I have complete faith in this area. But then it says this, to keep that which I have committed. Faith is knowing. Trust is committing. The Lord showed up to Joseph when his world fell apart in a dream and in a sketchy way. That maybe could be argued in his own mind. Is this God? Is this not? Am I really hearing from the Lord? Am I not hearing from the Lord? Is this just me overthinking this? Is this what I want to do? Let me give you real quick three ways to know that it's God. Okay? These are three ways to always know that you're hearing the voice of God. It will never conflict Scripture. If God is telling you something and you don't know if this is God or not, You can ask yourself, number one, does it conflict anything in the scripture? Let me go real quick and prove that's one of the ways. Because when the angel showed up and told the Lord, said, don't be afraid to marry her. All right. Where in scripture could he have went to? Just flip over in the Old Testament. It says God hates divorce. What was his plan? To divorce. All of a sudden, God's not telling me to divorce her because it's conflicting in scripture. Alright, so so here it says, number one, don't conflict in Scripture. God's not going to tell you something that He's already told you already in the Scripture. He's not double-minded. He can never go back on anything He's ever said. He's not a man that He can lie. And so it will never conflict. Number two, a way that you know that God is God is God will never tell you anything to do that is wrong. You say, well, what is wrong? Well, wrong is what the Holy Spirit's job is to do, is to convict. God's Word will never bring regret in your life. If you act on something that the Lord has told you, you will not have condemnation or conviction about doing it. It will not go against the fruits of the Spirit. It will not go against an act of love. It will not go against an act of kindness. It will not go... God will never do that. Number three. How you know God is speaking to you is that... When God tells you something, it won't be all about you. See, it's our mind and our way of thinking is about us. God's mind and God's way of thinking is about God. God is God-minded. We are we-minded. Now, God can tell you something that will bless you, but it will always come back to God getting complete glory and for the kingdom of God's good won't be all about sitting that sad that God has bigger plans for you than just you. God wants to use you in bigger ways. You know how we can see that? In this scripture, the angel said, don't be afraid to marry her. Because if you marry her, it's going to be, she's going to be conceived of the Holy Spirit. It's not going to go in against anything wrong. It's going to line up with the fruits of the Spirit. But then what's going to happen is it's going to be a king that's going to save the world. It's not about you and your reputation. Your reputation is going to look bad for a little while. Joseph, you don't got to worry, though, because when it's all done, the world's going to have a savior and it's going to bring him into play through you staying committed and do what I've called you to. What the Holy Spirit basically showed up here that night and said this. That thing that you've committed to, stay committed. Real quick, this is the lesson that I believe the Lord wants you to hear today. You can trust God even when The situations are even above when someone else may be wrong. Because here in this story, Mary appeared to be completely wrong. You may be married to a jerk. Your boss may be an idiot. You know, you you may, uh, you know, actually have something wrong with you. Your doctor may have actually given you a report. You know, your kids may actually be out in the world that far. You may think about it. It's not anything to do with what's going on in Mary. Well, God is saying, can I trust you? And the way you can prove, or the way you do trust me, is you stay committed to what I have called you to. You planned to marry this girl. You knew that I had planned this for you to marry her. That's why you got betrothed and engaged. And no matter what's happened in this situation, I haven't changed my mind. You say, well, why is that, Cricket? Because the processes of God is this. Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it bears no fruit. No matter what situation, circumstance God puts in your life, does for your life according to the will of God, there's going to be a season where it's going to have to fall to the ground and die. The promises of God in your life will appear dead at one moment, at one time. Before they bear fruit. The Bible says the sower goes out to sow seed. And then when he explains what that seed was. He said the seed was the word of God. Those are the promises of God in your life. And so when you get a promise from God. I'm going to save your children. I'm going to heal your body. I'm going to meet your needs. I'm going to. All of a sudden you need to know. Lest a grain of wheat falls. the ground and dies. It bears no fruit. There's going to be a moment. That you're going to have to move out of faith. Over knowing that's God. And moving to trust that. Even though it's not happening right now. I'm not going to quit being committed to this. I've seen so many marriages that started off And I got to be honest with you. There were times in my marriage that it wasn't if it wasn't that Jennifer was committed to God. I did not deserve her trust. Our marriage would be over. I'll be honest. There's times in our marriage that if I wasn't committed to God. That when Jennifer didn't deserve my trust, our marriage would have been over doesn't have anything to do with what anyone does. The power of God and the will of God at work in your life is released through the level of you being able to trust God in the circumstances, in the situations, when maybe you aren't just real sure. Trust is your commitment level. You want God to use you greatly? You get committed. You want God to know He can trust you? You stay committed. Because your commitment level will determine whether or not you trust God or not. You say, oh, I know God can save people, but not my husband. I'm out of this. And you give up on your commitment. You just, you just remove the hand of God from being able to transform your husband into being what you know God could do. I'm quitting this job. I ain't going to let that boss talk to me this way. And you quit a commitment. And you walk away and you just took the hand of God out of your life, being able to use you to transform that company or that job says, I know in whom I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him. Your commitment levels. I, I watch people struggle financially because the minute things get rough, they quit committing. They quit their commitment financially to the Lord. I watch people's church attendance. They, they, want, they, they feel called to the ministry. They feel called to do something great for God. But as soon as things get good, their commitment to church disappears. I've watched people go through marriages. I've watched health situations. I've never seen God fail in an area when someone was committed. Let me show you what commitment looks like. Job, he lost his kids. He lost his money. He lost his family. He lost his friends. He lost his reputation. He lost his health. And he said this right in the middle of it all. Job 13, 15 says, Though the Lord slay me, I will trust in Him. He was committed beyond what you can imagine. He said, even if I die on this battlefront, I'm going to die trusting in the Lord. Because the trust you have in the Lord will determine the blessings that God can do. do you, can you imagine that Joseph had any idea when he agreed to marry Mary that that marriage was going to bring him to the place to be the one used by God to show the baby of God the nature of God? What I mean by that, do you know what Joseph's calling was? See, any father in here, their calling in your child's life is to show the nature of God to that child. That's why God, yeah, the Bible says, if, if, if a good father, if an earthly father can give you good presents, how much more? Can a Heavenly Father... My God, In a perfect world, God's plan for my life is this. For me to serve the Lord with all my heart, all my will, all my emotion, the best I can, with all my strength. And my kids see me doing that. And the way that I love them back, they see the nature of God in me. This is the truth. Any dad in here needs to know this. The relationship your children have with you will be in direct relationship with the relationship they have with, their, with God in their adulthood. In other words, if, Dad, you ain't got time to talk to them, they will struggle with being able to think that God has time to talk to them. If dad's abandoned and bails, then people, they should, they've proven it. They, they scientifically, I mean, psychologically uh, psychological proof. When a father's absent in the home, people have a hard time trusting that God cares enough to be involved in their life. And see, God was putting on Joseph's calling, his calling. He had no idea. I'm sure he was wanting to marry Mary because she was hot. That's the way marriages usually start. And that's okay. Because when you read Psalm of Solomon... The first two chapters are about attraction, and they're all into it. The next chapter is about marriage. The next two chapters are about all the fights, all right? They had to put that way back. That's the way God made things. So I'm sure when Joseph wanted to marry Mary, he was like, man, this chick is hot. He did not know that he was fixing to go through the roughest heartbreak he could ever imagine. But yet, out of that, he was going to be entrusted by God to present the nature of God to God's very own son. Can you imagine magnitude of the calling on your life the reason why it 's so hard for you to trust god in that area is because god 's wanting to use you in that area so far beyond what you could even imagine but it can 't be done without you having trust in who he is and you have trust in who he is by staying committed when it does not feel right when it does not feel good a lot of people say career do you have do you have favorite people in the church i do for years, I used to lie and say, I don't, I don't play favorites. I love you. Now, the truth is I do have favorite people in this church. And you know, the ones that are my favorite, they are the ones that have been with me through the most, that didn't bail when things were tough. We've walked through the most together because you know what makes someone, someone's favorite is the level of trust you can put in them. I've not always been right. As a matter of fact, I miss more than I hit. But there are people in this church that trusted God, was at work in my life. And that as long as God's hand was at work in my life, I would eventually get it right. So they didn't give up on commitment with me as a friend. I do have favorites. And it's just the truth. You have favorites too. Those that have been with you through the most. And see, God picks people that were able to stick with Him through the most. To use in some of the greatest ways. Are you trusted? Do you trust God? Are you committed? Do you know why I have money in my bank account? Because God has—I've been committed to tithing for years. It's just the truth. Because I got to be honest with you, there were times when I would think I couldn't afford it, and I was broke. Let me just ask you. I know. Let me just ask this. See, you say, well, Cricket, I, I've never been able to see God. I don't have a history with God. But Joseph had a history. Because it says he knew the law. You don't learn it. It takes years learning the law. And then he saw this. He saw that when God showed up and told him something in a dream, in a weird way, that he didn't have to question because it lined up with the Scripture. He says, like in Isaiah, you're going to... Um, You know, a virgin's going to have a baby. And although the weirdest thing that you could ever imagine, the unconceivable became conceivable because of what God and what he knew of God in the past. Does that make sense? See, you may think this is absolutely inconceivable. I can't even imagine God doing it. Then you know what? For you to ever conceive it, you're going to have to allow God to be willing to do the unconceivable. You're going to have to be able to to believe the unbelievable because God has already done that for you in your life. He can be trusted. And no matter how big your issue is, if you will trust him, the reward is so much bigger. Let me read this. It says, commit your ways to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. That's an amazing scripture. But listen to this. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do what, and do not lean to your own understanding. You see, he was going to divorce her, but then he had to trust that God could even fix a cheater. All right. It says our God could impregnate a virgin. God can fix a husband. God can give you a job. God can change your boss. God can give you back joy. God can give you... I love this point. Check this out, men of God. This is... Why did God show up to Joseph in a dream? It's because the dreams that you had you used to give up on, you need to know you can trust God in them. What dream, the devil's constantly trying to get me to believe in doubt that God is wanting to do in me that I knew that he did a long time ago. He told me a long time ago that we would have five campuses. I've got to be honest with you, this year has knocked the wind out of that to me. I've stepped back and said, God, I can't even hold these together. And so I'm like, oh, I can just settle for less. But then I'm not trusting God. Because if I can't trust God with my dreams, then God can't trust you with the reward. He didn't just show up to Joseph in one dream. This was a lifestyle of dreams. As a matter of fact, when there were three dreams that God spoke to Joseph through. One was about his marriage and his family. This one. Which, in result, turned out to be his ministry. All right, He said, don't give up on this marriage. Stay committed. Stay committed. Keep your commitment that you made. It might not look good. You can trust me. I said it. I promise you. Keep in this thing. And it turned out to be his identity. All right. Second time, he was sleeping and the enemy had set a trap before him to kill baby Jesus. And the Bible says the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Again, that shady way. You know what I'm saying? And this time he was asking Mary to do something crazy. We got to move to Egypt. 200 mile walk either on a donkey or by foot with a brand new baby boy under the age of two. That's a big question. Like I told you before, God told me if I could trust Jen when it's easy, she could trust me when it's hard. Can God trust you when things are good? If he can, you can trust him when they're bad. That's what it says. Trust in him at all times. When? At all times. When? in all times. It says, oh, people, pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Those are the times when, God, you don't understand, God. This is going on, God. It says, all right, but you can do that. You can say that to him, but you got to trust him. Check out this, it says some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord your God. You know, if you trust in chariots or horses, when things go bad, it's the first person you call. The first thing whoever it is you lean on, wait on, listen to, rest in, endure hard things with, or even when you put your when you can't quit worrying about it because they're not involved. That's who's got your trust. Does that make sense? If, if whoever, I, when things get scary and I lean on that, that's, my, that's who has my trust. And you need to know this. Anything you lean on besides God will eventually fall. So you will eventually be forced into doing it. And we've all said it. All I can do is just trust the Lord. We've all said it. Or I could have said, you know what? I'm going to trust God. And keep everything else I lost. you know? <laughs> Here, check out this one. Trust in the Lord forever. When? Forever. I put time limits on things. I'm a contractor. I, I subcontract a lot of things. And when I subcontract things, I try to use reputable, usable people with good reputations of being able to do what they say they're going to do. I try to find subcontractors that I can trust. But this is the truth. When I call one, I book one on a job, and I got it scheduled for him to come, I usually put a time frame on it. Like if he don't show up the day he said he was going to, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna give him three more days, and I'm calling somebody else. I timestamp things. All right, he's only got a few more. If she don't hurry up and do this, then I'm going to. I put. Thing about it as well. how long do you trust God? It says forever. Forever. Well, he hadn't done this yet. Then keep trusting him. How long is long enough? Forever. You can trust him forever. It will constantly get for your good. So I said, when I am afraid, when you get so afraid that you can look like a fool. When you get so afraid, it's not going to work out. When you get so afraid, you're going to lose. Psalms fifty-six, three says, I put my trust in you in those moments. Alright? Many are the sorrows of the wicked. Man, if I'm in the middle of a sorrowful situation, that's what it says, but the steadfast love surrounds the one who trusts in the Lord in sorrowful times. He is not, check out this, Psalms 112.7 says this, He is not afraid of bad news or Facebook news or fake news, or culture news, or election news, or work news, or he's not afraid of any bad news, COVID-19 news. He says, for his heart is firm in trusting the Lord. News can't affect you. You have a trust issue if when you read the news every day and it puts you in a hizzy. It says, it is better to take refuge in the Lord than to put trust in any man. Psalms 28. The fear of man lays a snare but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. Men, the enemy's constantly waiting to put it in. If, if Joseph that day would have been afraid of Mary doing what she did and it having the power to change the will of God for her, his life he would have completely missed the will of God not being able to trust God beyond what it looked like. Does that make sense? And so, the angel told the Lord, "This, stay committed. Keep your commitment. Keep the promise that you've made. I've not changed my mind. This circumstance, you may not be able to understand. It may look real bad. It may look like she was unfaithful. It may look like she don't love you. It may look like your heart is broken. But keep your commitment." Because I'm at work in this. My Holy Spirit is at work in this. And what's going to come out of this is many lives are going to be saved. Joseph said the same thing. It looked like everything fell apart, but he never gave up on the dream that God gave him. He trusted that no matter how low it got, it could only get better from here because I put my trust in the Lord. And the Bible says when the when the brother showed up, he said, What you meant for harm. God turned for good. So that many could be saved. This is the truth. This is the truth. If you can only trust God when things work out good for you, you're going to miss the will of God for your life. Because, see, the will of God for your life is not for you. It's for God to use you in the life of others. And so if God can't if you can't trust God when it feels like you're losing... To be able to have the will of God come about to save many, The reason why your husband needs you in that marriage. Is so that God can use you to change. There have been many times in my marriage. That I was not the husband that Jennifer deserved. But because she didn't give up on trust on God. It allowed God to work on me. There have been many times that I did not. I may have lost trust in Jen. But because I wouldn't lose trust in God. It released the hand of God to work on Jen. Have the greatest, most beautiful, perfect wife you could ever imagine. My marriage is better. i got to be honest with you. I look at y'all's marriage and I think, y'all just have no idea how good marriage could be. But it wasn't always the way. But it's because when I lost trust in her, I had to learn to trust God. And i got to be honest, I didn't do it right all the time. And the truth is, like Jen, she didn't do it right all the time. But because we have made the choice that no matter what anybody does No matter what circumstances it is I'm not giving up on my commitment I'm going to stay in this thing And I'm going to trust God That no matter how big the miracle has to happen He's able to do it I have seen the promises of the Lord in my life My wife was laying on the bottom of a river Tied to a concrete plot How could that be? It's because I trust in the Lord that to change. My wife used to be married to a jerk. How does she say, how is that better now? Because, God, she had her trust in the Lord. And He was able to change the parts of me that needed to be changed. And I trust the Lord in this. He will faithfully complete the work that He started in each one of us. So whatever it is I'm worried or unhappy about now, all i got to do is just keep trusting Him and He will continue to be faithful to work it out. So the question is this, how do I get Him to i got to stay committed. This is going to be my close. I believe the Holy Spirit right now is speaking to you somewhere about something, about a commitment that you've either once made, that you used to believe. It's always shocking to me how people, like they will come in and get right with the Lord and man, God will change them so dramatically and all of a sudden they're like, man, I'm going to quit smoking, I'm going to quit drinking, I'm going to quit watching that stuff. And then... Six months later down the road, well, God just wanted me to give that up for a little while. And they start picking up some of the stuff they had back then. That shocked me. I'm going to say, man, trust God. Show Him you're committed so that He can trust you and give you all the desires of your heart. Your dreams are connected to the trust of your commitment. And so when you stay committed in every area, you say, well, cricket, I'm committed. You know, maybe the Holy Spirit is saying, you need to get committed in church. See, you know what committed means actually? No excuse will ever work. That's honestly the truth. I I, I don't know what the Holy Spirit is speaking in your life right now, but the Holy Spirit is saying, trust me in this area. Maybe the Holy Spirit is speaking to you about your church commitment. Maybe it's your word commitment. You know, the only time you read the word is when you come to church. You're not reading it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Like, you know you had committed to do in the past. Maybe it's your prayer life. Maybe it's you spending time with your kids. Maybe it's you actually pushing certain things out and getting committed back to spending time with your wife. Maybe it's, you know, coming into not doing this. I don't know what commitment, but I know this. If the Holy Spirit is asking for a commitment today, you can trust the Lord that if you'll make that commitment or you'll keep your commitment in the future, The blessings will outweigh any pain that you're going through at this moment. Because it's what the Bible says. And I'm done. It's what the Bible says. Blessed. Jeremiah 17:7. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. So everywhere you can commit is an area God can bless. Everywhere, Joseph and amazing. He didn't even have to carry the baby. He did not even have to go through the labor. He did not even have to do it. But he was able to be, and God transformed him through that trust because the impossible came the impossible to the possible. Because, see, he was not God's father, Jesus' father. As a matter of fact, when it talks about Jesus, the writers actually wrote him, the Jesus, the son of Mary. Because that was, it was not Joseph's father, except one place in Scripture. And in Luke, they called Jesus the son of Joseph. That's how committed this man got to it. And it gave him the identity. You know what that really was? That was that he became... Joseph got put in the same sentence as being a God. Isn't that amazing? God can take your, level to a, your life to a level you can't even imagine. But it's connected to your trust, which is connected... To your commitment, whether it be church, whether it, I, I just feel in my heart, somebody had already decided that their marriage there was no hope, and so they're starting to look for a way out. I'm here to tell you the Lord's word for you today is stay make Keep your commitment if you'll keep your commitment, you'll trust Him, you'll release His hand to work on your behalf, amen. I know this wasn't a funny Christmas message, but I also know this we have no idea. Good things that God has in store for us this year. And God has been dealing with me personally on my trust issues. Because I got to be honest, there's a lot of you I don't trust. <laughs> it's not your fault. It's because of things I've been through in my past. But I've been letting those things not only affect my relationship, I've been letting it affect my relationship with God. You guys say, Cricket, if you'll deal with your trust issues, I will deal with the issues that you can't deal with. You just deal with that. So, what does that mean? Get committed. Get grounded. Get committed and get in and don't get out. You know why me and Jen's marriage will hurt? And we will, she will bury me one day because divorce is off the table. We're not allowed to use that word. We're not allowed to talk about that word. There's not even an option because that's not on the table. We're committed. You're not committed if that's a word in your marriage. You're not committed to church if there's could find to not be there you're not committed to god if there's anything in your life that you put before him but i'm here to tell you if you'll commit it's trust and every promise comes out of the trust that you have in the lord amen let me pray for you. father god I ask you right now holy spirit I ask you to begin to speak and commit right now lord I ask you to touch the areas that we have in our lives that has been keeping your hand from working in our life. And right now, Holy Spirit, as you reveal, just like you revealed to Joseph that he could stay committed into this marriage and it was going to be okay, I ask that you show and speak to us that if we'll commit in these areas in our own lives, that if we can commit back to, whether it be church or to prayer, or commit back into the Word or commit back into the fruits or whatever it is you're speaking Lord, I ask you right now that you would touch it and we make the commitment, Lord, and your hand is released. Right now, if you are says the Lord is asking you to commit in a certain way. You just whisper it to Him. Say, Lord, I commit this back to you. I commit this area back to you. Psalms 37.5 says this. Commit your ways to the Lord. This one you need to to memorize. Commit your ways to the Lord. It says, trust in Him. And then it says, and He will act. I release the Holy Spirit right now to begin to act on your behalf think that you're softening hearts setting up promotions you're bringing situations into place right now in the name of Jesus let me do this weird thing how many guys have ever really been broken Real, I'm not talking about needing to wait on the check on Friday I'm talking about when you got the check on Friday it was not going to fix what you were facing on Monday All Right? but yet you still saw God come through for you would you stand up if that's you if you're facing financial this morning, I want you to turn around and look. I want you to see that God can be trusted. Look how He's already come through so many times. Sit down real quick. How many of you guys have ever gotten a doctor's report? And that if it had not been for God, you wouldn't be here with us today. Is that you? Would you stand up real quick? Go ahead. We should be proud of you. Look around. Look around. You can trust God. Look. That was cancer right there. Look around. If you're facing a physical pain. Understand. Sit down real quick. How many of you guys were at a place where your marriage was over? Over. I was there. I was served the divorce papers. But if it had not been for God, I wouldn't be married today. To the same woman and have the happiest marriage you can imagine. Would you stand up if that's you? I want you to see. I want you to see. Nothing is too big for God. Nothing is too big for God. You can trust Him. Give God a hand for all these things that He's done. And I'm here to tell you, none of these miracles happened for anybody that gave up, gave in, or quit. It only took place when these people stayed committed to doing what God had committed them to. Stay committed. Watch God's Word. 2020 will be the greatest year you will ever look back on. And you will go into 2020, 2021, being stronger, more blessed, and at a higher level than you can ever imagine. Amen? I release this over you. I speak blessings. May God bless you. May He keep you. May He cause His face to shine upon you. May He give you rest. You lay down tonight and you sleep. You quit worrying. In the name of Jesus, God bless you. You're dismissed. Enjoy your rest of your Sunday. We're having a movie at 5 o'clock.